Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. I am joined today by Grizz Star and newly um <clears throat> newly inducted Montana Football Hall of Famer Colt Anderson. How are you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. You know, so my first question is kind of always the same, but what fueled your love for football? Uh, it's something I was passionate about from a very young age. My my shoulder rose played and my dad was a coach. Uh, I was around it for all my life, and and uh, it's just uh, you know set really second nature to me. Um, if I if I wasn't um, you know playing playing uh, you know with my brothers, I was playing football. That's awesome for sure. So, you grew up in I think one of the coolest towns in Montana, Butte, Montana. Talk to me about what it was like to grow up in Butte, play for the Bulldogs, and just that whole experience. Yeah, I, I guess uh, you know growing up in, in Butte was pretty special. Um, you know, it's kind of an island within the state. You know, people like to give us a hard time, and and, and we we felt that a little bit. But uh, it was too, it was awesome. I told the brothers that I, you know I talked about it a little bit, and um, they they were my idols. I grew up watching them. Um, my my parents were teachers, so uh, you know from school they pick us up from school, and and we'd go on to our sports. And um, I, I talked about it in my speech a little bit, but uh, we. Our, our weekends were spent at the baseball fields, the football fields, the courts. We, we, we weren't much of the outdoorsmen um, like most Montanans or, or most uh, people outside the state think we are. So uh, we were around sports. I was around uh, involved in you know all, all sports uh, growing up. For sure. So when during your high school journey did you know, and I know you touched on this in your speech, but when did you know you were going to be able to play at the next level? Um. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, growing up in, in Butte, I, I never dreamed of playing in the NFL. I, I dreamed of being a Butte High Bulldog. And then when I was in Butte High, I dreamed of, you know, playing for the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, you know, fortunately, I had to walk on and do it the hard way and, you know, taught me a lot of things. And then it was about my sophomore year when I, I finally got my start. And I remember sitting in me and my brother's one-bedroom apartment, talking with my wife, my mom, and my brother. And I told my brother, I said, I'm going to play in the NFL. And he kind of laughed at me, smirked at me. Uh, but I think deep down, he knew that it was, it was a possibility too. That's awesome. So, you know, you mentioned the Grizzlies and obviously they have a very storied past here in Montana and a diehard fan base. Um, so what was it like to be able to play in Missoula, to play at Washington Grizzly and to be in front of that fan base every weekend? Oh, it was amazing. We don't have a professional team here in the, in, in the great state of Montana and growing up, the university of Montana was our professional team. Uh, it, it was a, a team that I fell in love with, and specifically in, in 1995, obviously after that magical run when they made the national championship. And it's kind of ironic, ironic. That same year when I was in fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher was Mrs. Kriskovich, and it just so happened that her nephew was Dave Dickinson. So every <laughs> Friday, every Friday, it was Grizz Day. We, and we, we had our tailgate, you know, we got everybody in that whole class. I think it was like 20 boys and five girls in our, in our fourth grade class. And we all fell in love with the Grizz, and we we're so lucky um, to have Mrs. Kriskovich. And you know, they went on that spectacular run, and and I remember to this day she got us all autographs, uh, uh, singers from signatures from Dave Dickinson uh, that I still have in my parents uh, in my room at my parents' house. So, uh, you know, growing up, I, I just knew that Montana is, is where I wanted to go. That's so awesome. So then, what was your favorite memory of being to? of being able to play for the Grizz? Oh, outside of football was just hanging out with the guys in the locker room. It's a brotherhood and it's truly special. 
Um, you know, a lot of those guys get overlooked. And I always, I always say, you know, I don't think we were the most talented team. Um, although we did have, you know, a few guys playing in the NFL, but what made us special was the brotherhood and the camaraderie and how tight we were. We had each other's back. We weren't going to let each other down. We were playing for one another, and that was truly special. Um, but on the field, my greatest memory was the 2008 Pat Grizz game when we surprised everybody and we came running out in our old school colors, um, colors that the football team hadn't worn since 1995 when they won the national championship. So we surprised everyone, came running out of the tunnel, and uh, – you know, I remember that game, they, they get the ball and they go down and, and we make a goal line stand. And, and from there, we, we just kind of put the uh, pedal to the metal and, and metal to the pedal. And we, we stomped them a little bit. And I think we ended up winning 38 to three. Um, but that goal line stand really set the precedent for that whole game. Like, all right, we got them. And I think we go to, we get the ball at the one yard and we go 99, go up seven and the rest is history. So uh, truly special game to come out in little, those old school colors and, and then get the win. For sure, for sure. So, you know, and then as your career with the Grizz obviously winded down, you got the opportunity to go to the NFL. What was that like? You know, you went undrafted. So what was that whole process like for you? Yeah, I, it's, it's ironic. It was very similar to being a walk-on, uh, being an undrafted guy. You know, they have, the, they have the guys they drafted just like in college. They have guys that get scholarships. So as an undrafted guy, you're kind of, you know, at the back of the roster, back of the list, the depth chart, and they're, they're going to give all those drafted guys every opportunity to make the team. And then, you know, we, we're going to scrape and claw for, for a couple reps. So, um, you know, I was just waiting for my opportunity, and I finally got it with the Eagles after being on the practice squad a year and a half with the Vikings and, um, you know, love my time in Philly and, and then on to Indy and Buffalo. So it, it was pretty cool. And, um, very similar, you know, from being a walk-on to an uh, uh, undrafted guy and kind of got to do things the hard way. And uh, it, it was looking back, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. That's so cool. So the first time, you know, you made it into the stat sheet or whatever with the Eagles, what was your reaction? Yeah, so my first game, I got picked up in the middle of the season. So when you're on the practice squad, you're essentially a free agent. So Philadelphia came calling. And uh, my first game, it was Monday Night Football, 2010, Eagles versus Washington Redskins. And it's one that's gone down in, as, in history because Michael Vick, I think, threw for seven or eight touchdowns. And we, we curb stomped the, uh, the Redskins at the time. And, um, you know, I was, I was joking about it, but the, the offense coordinator for the Eagles at the time was Marty Morningway. And if the Eagles don't go and score seven or eight touchdowns, we don't cover kicks. So that game, we ended up covering a lot of kicks. I ended up making five special teams tackles, got the game ball. And uh, ended up, you know, making a few more um, in that short time. And and in that year, in 2010, in, in just eight games, in a 16-game season, I, I was voted playoff captain for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, along names of like Mike Vick and Deshaun Jackson, David Akers, Asante Samuel. So that was that was one of my greatest accomplishments was, was going from, you know, a guy they pick off off the streets to, to being a playoff captain in, in half a year so pretty cool and um you know guys like andy reed and bobby april for um you know giving me uh the utmost confidence to just go out and play it's pretty neat for sure so you did some name dropping there and um one that montana people for sure will recognize is marty morningwig so how pivotal was he to your success in the nfl <laughs> very he had a uh very 
potent offense. I mean, we were putting up a ton of points. And when you do that, you're covering a lot of kicks. And this is back in uh, before they made the, the kickoff rule. So, you know, we had these running starts. Uh, we're kicking off from the 30-yard line. There was less touchbacks. So, you know, when he's putting up points, we're covering kicks. And, and uh, the two kind of go hand in hand. And so I was able to get, a, a, you know, a few tackles. And once I got my foot in the door, I wasn't going to let anybody uh, take my spot. So I, I was talking to my wife about this. But when I was playing, I, I thought my job was on the line every day. I, I wasn't I, – I thought I was getting cut every day. And that's just the mindset I had. And um, I had to have to, uh, you know, sustain that and have a nine-year career. For sure. So then, um, you know, obviously in Philadelphia, Andy Reid was there as a head coach. And now he's doing amazing things in Kansas City. What was he like as a head coach in Philadelphia? Yeah, he was kind of like that uh, dad or grandpa you didn't want to disappoint. Uh, he'll, he'll speak up when he needs to, but he's a calm, cool, collective guy. And he wants you to truly, you know, perform and do your best. And, and uh, you know, he, he was a uh, uh, you know, head coach that I look up to still to this day. And every time we play him, I go up, give him a big hug. And um, he's, he's family. And, uh, you know, he'd always say the night before a game, let your personality show. You know, everyone's different. Everyone's mm-hmm. different. Everyone, you know, is, is you know, plays, you know, with different confidences. And, and so he's like, hey, you go do what you got to do. And, and, you know, I thought about that. And I'm at my best when I'm not thinking and I'm just going out and reacting and, and uh, you know, playing with great confidence, and that's that's what he gets in his players, and so he does a good job there. That's awesome. So now, post playing career for you, you're a coach in the NFL. So how did that opportunity come up? Yeah, so when I was done playing, really in the latter part of my career, uh, you know, looking back in 2016, 17, um, you know, I was I was injured, but even so, like as an old, older player on a roster, you kind of take these younger guys under your wing and, and say, Hey, this is what I see here. Or this is what I've you know, done, or this is something that uh, a technique I've used in this situation. And um, I'm like, oh, maybe this is something I want to do as coach. And so when I was done playing, I took a couple of years off, but that second year I, I went and volunteered at my high school for Butte high. And it was uh, the same year that Tommy Malott quarterback at Montana state now was our quarterback at Butte high. And uh, we went on, I shouldn't even say we, but they went on a nice little run and made the uh, state championship, felt, uh, you know, one game short against Bozeman. But um, I fell in love. I, I started volunteering, going up just 30 minutes. That turned into an hour, two hours. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm studying film with some of these guys, going up at lunch breaks, watching uh, uh, film with these guys at lunch break. And it's just really cool to uh, be around those kids. And, and they're, they're such a good group of kids. And I was so blessed to be there. But um, from there, I, I, you know, made a few calls. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to try. If I'm going to coach, I'm going to try to get in the NFL. And I uh, was lucky enough that I had uh, Zach Taylor and Darren Simmons give me uh, an interview, and that turned into another. And then I flew out there for uh, in person, and, um, you know, I got the job. I didn't think I was going to get it because I, I hadn't heard from him in a couple of weeks. And, and so I thought I was just going to stay in Butte and go coach at Butte High again. But, uh, no, I was, I was lucky. And then, you know, to be in Cincinnati now, I, I'm actually out here uh, up at Flathead Lake with my with my good friend and guy I coach with his name Jordan Kovacs and okay. he, he's a guy he's a he's a assistant linebacker coach for the Bengals and uh, to be around guys like him is truly amazing uh, it's a great group of guys uh, and uh, we have fun but we, we got a good group of players too that uh, make our job a little easier <laughs> for sure that leads me to my next question so Cincinnati's a very young very talented team 
so much so that you guys made the Super Bowl. Um, I believe it was your first year. So what was it like to coach in that? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, so actually, you know, I, I don't know if we count COVID as a year. <laughs> that was a weird year. So 2020 was my first year. We made the Super Bowl in 2021. Right. So that was Joe's uh, second year. Um, but that was really neat. We went on a nice little run there. Uh, you know, Joe got hurt his rookie year, and then he comes back his second year and, and, and just kept getting better. Guys kept believing. And you know, I think we started out 0-3 that year, 0-2. Yeah. But we went on a nice little win streak, and guys were playing with the utmost confidence, and we felt like we were untouchable. We, we uh, made a nice little playoff run, won a home game, a playoff game in Cincinnati, which they hadn't done in a long time. And, and then uh, uh, I think that was against the Raiders. Then we – Shoot, where did we go after that? We went down to Tennessee, upset the number one team. Evan McPherson, does, you know, does his famous, looks like we're going to the AFC championship <laughs> saying, and then goes out and boots a 52-yarder right down the middle. Um, and then next thing you know, we're in Kansas City. And in Kansas City, we, we were down, I think, 21-3. And yeah. Kansas City has the ball at the two-yard line. And instead of kicking, you know, with seven seconds left, instead of kicking with no timeouts, instead of kicking a field goal, they, they elect to go for it. Now, what you're looking back, and, and I know what they should have, you know, everyone can say hindsight, but they end up throwing a little pass to uh, their left inbounds, and uh, I think Tyreek Hill gets tackled inbounds and the clock runs out. Right. We go into halftime like, holy cow, we just, we got all the momentum in the world because I think we got the ball coming out of half, and we go down, we punch it in, we score, and then uh, I think they, we, they go three and out, we go down and score again, and all of a sudden, I think we're up. 24 23 uh one or whatever it was but um just talk about you know the momentum shift just that even that that one play right before half and then like you said you know we we, we end up winning that game on another field goal by evan mcpherson and we go down to uh next thing you know we're in sofi stadium for the, the super bowl against the rams and you know we fell really you know it was, it was one play short but um you know to be there was pretty cool but uh definitely unfinished business for sure. That was a fun run for the Bengals because I'm a Raiders fan. So you guys beat me in the first round. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was because, I mean, every game for the Bengals, that run was super close. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, we, we had, I mean, Evan McPherson, I think, set a uh, record, NFL record, franchise record for most game winners that season. And it continues in playoffs. And I think he finished 15 for 15 on field goals. And uh, we were rolling. For sure, for sure. So, you know, this last weekend, which is where I met you, you had the honor of being inducted into the Montana Football Hall of Fame. What did that mean to you? <laughs> it was uh, when I got the call. I think I got the call during the season from Rick Holmes. And, and uh, you know, when, when you're in season, it's all ball. You're always you're just focused on that opponent. So I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks, Rick. Boom. And then right when the season got over, I thought about it. I'm sitting there with my wife. I'm like, holy cow, this is amazing. You know, and to, to be in, in the same sentence or be on the same stage as guys like Dave Dickinson, Tim Howe, um, you know, all those Montana legends, guys that paved the way and, and showed us how to do it. It was truly amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I'm so grateful to be considered, uh, you know, one of those one of those guys. And, um, you know, to have my family, I, I, I said it in my speech, but, you know, it's not about me and it's not about you know, what I did. And I, I wanted to share the message that the reason I was there and the reason I've had so, so much success is because the people around me, my wife, my family, my brother, sister, uh, my parents, and all my relatives, everyone that's been there to support me, to push me, challenge me, motivate me, encourage me. Uh, my good friend, Rob Schulte, who 
really talked me off the cliff from quitting football and, and going from Montana, Montana Tech, because uh, I wasn't getting a, sh- a chance. Uh, I actually got cut from the team. And then right before training uh, fall camp started, they said, hey, we got one more spot. Uh, end up getting on that spot one more time and uh, on the team one more time. And uh, it's just all the people that were there for me. And that's, I, you know, the message I wanted to convey that it, it wasn't about me, but more so about the people that helped me get there. That's so awesome. So speaking of the people that helped you get there, while you were back home, um, you did a camp at Naranchi in Butte. So what does that mean to you to be able to do a camp in your hometown and give back to the community? Oh, it means everything. You know, growing up in, in, in Butte, there's there's not much for kids, right? And so uh, I had parents that were teachers, and I saw the importance of what they did and, you know, just being there for kids and and. and being that positive influence and so uh, it's something that uh, my wife and I wanted to start it and start when I was playing so we did that I hosted a couple of camps and then it's evolved to this really this uh, event where we, we have we, we close down a street and we put on a concert and a uh, bike show and we have a family fun day for the kids but uh, it's all about the kids and encouraging them and and teach them that you know anything's possible we, we bring people that are professional rock climbers skiers actors actresses um you know, in for that event and, you know, to put a face with the name and meet them and say, these guys are just normal people that are doing extraordinary things is, is, is cool. And so, you know, for me, like I said, Dave Dickinson in 10th grade, in, in when I was 10 years old, gave me an autograph. Uh, yeah. Timmy Howe, Tim Howe gave me a pair of his football gloves when he was with the uh, Green Bay Packers. Oh, I lost you. You there? Yep, I'm here. Uh, Tim Howe gave me a, a pair of gloves. And, and so just, you know, I think about, everything that happened to me is to get me where I'm at. And, you know, wh- whether it's uh, one of these kids meeting their idol or somebody meeting Evan McPherson, right. uh, Kim, uh, Casey Councilman, now the kicker at Montana state, he was able to meet Evan. And, and uh, I know he's, he's been a big fan of Evan. So to see that it was cool to see them interact, uh, you know, and they, I, you know, we were sitting there talking about, Hey, what do, what do you do uh, pregame or in practice or what's your t- routine during the week? So, uh, you know, it, it, it was truly a special event. That's that's awesome. So, you know, you mentioned kids and obviously you have your own kids. Plus, there's a lot of kids in Montana that want to go on athletically. So what advice do you have for your own kids and other kids in Montana that want to play athletically in college or pros? Uh, I I just can't stress the importance of education first. Uh, A lot of these kids think they can just show up to practice and play the games, but you got to put in the work. Um, that, that's your foundation is, is the education system. You can't go to college if you, if you don't have a degree or a, a high school diploma. So uh, it all starts with, with being a good student. Um, and then next thing is being a good person. And that's probably, you know, I've always thought I was a good football player, but being a good person is probably what kept me around the NFL long, longer than I should have been. Uh, I was a guy that uh, players could and, and coaches could trust. I was going to do my assignment. It was going to actually keep my job. And it's a guy that they weren't going to have to worry about outside of the game, meaning I wasn't going to be a distraction. I was, I was going to protect the team and, and uh, wasn't going to get in trouble. So um, yeah, just, just being a good person, being a good student. And then on top of that, you definitely got to put in the work. And, and uh, if you, if, if you, if you want to be a basketball player, well, it's going to take a hundred more shots than that other kid. You're going to have to do extra work. You're going to put in extra time. So for sure. Well, Colt, I want to thank you so much for your time today and congratulations again on being a Hall of Famer for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. All right, buddy.
I appreciate having me on. If you ever need anything, holler. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Hey guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports, and do I have a company I would love to highlight for you. It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person, once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And I mean, Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, so yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs.